0: That whole idea of like your junk isn't necessarily my junk help me out. That was a really bad phrase.
1: Your trash is treasure to me.
0: Thank you. Yeah. So much better than your junk is
2: not. (laughs) Your junk junk is not my my junk.
0: junk. My junk is your junk.
2: This junk is my junk. (laughs) This (laughs) junk is your junk. junk. No wait, Wait, that's that's my junk. No wait, that's that's your your junk. junk.
1: And Sorry. that's how the episode opens.
2: Yep, there it is. There's the there's the opening. <laughs>
1: terrible. Laugh. Let's
2: just cue that as the intro. <laughs> yep, yep, that's it. And see. Hello, friends. My name is David White, and you're listening to the Misconceptions Podcast.
3: such a relief, so nice to have him back, I'm glad that Sal helped me negotiate that hostage situation, it's just nice to have things back in order, and just relax, not have anything looming over my shoulder except for these charges, they're always there, people are always looking but at least for now I can breathe.
2: On Misconceptions Bill was reunited With his family For the first time In over a year um, Bill was reunited With his family And the way that it came about Was uh, Rin had promised Bill To use his super future computer To help Bill find his family The super future computer Populated a list of ways Into the underworld and it gave him one lead, Sal's Silk Shop. So Bill and the rest of the crew went to Sal's Silk Shop and Bill signed a deal to uh, receive the souls of his wife and son from the underworld in return for his two mythos abilities, his ability to ride on clouds and his ability to make weapons out of his tattoos. And so, Sal took these two aspects of him and kept them in the underworld, returning Bill's wife and son to him. But now, Bill has become a sleeper. He is unaware of the mist or the mythical nature of the city. He still remembers things uh, that he has done with the crew, but they are skewed and warped. Um, He does not remember the mythical side of that. Along with Bill being reunited with his family, uh, Esther ran afoul of her uh, nemesis, a Latina woman who seems hell bent on getting to Esther. Uh, For what reason this woman is so hell bent on getting to Esther, we still don't know, but it seems to have something to do with the rat pack. Um, Of course, Rin also has the uh, mission to kill Deja hovering over his head. And uh, a few episodes ago, the crew found out about that mission. So how Rin will proceed with his mission to kill Deja now that the crew knows about it and what they will do about it, and if they will support it, remains to be seen. And Faye still has the uh, whereabouts of the Rat Pack looming over her head, trying to figure out Uh, how to get to the bottom of what is happening in the city, to save the children, and to bring about justice. So, we don't pick up in Sal's silk shop, or rather, we're going to pick up in Sal's silk shop, but we are going to have a montage of Bill and his family. So, Bill, your family has returned to you. Describe for us, in a montage kind of scene, what does Bill do with his first week Back as a father with a family, and Bill, I'll also remind you mechanically. Um, so what happened was you lost two of your Mythos themes uh, right then and there to get your family back, and that gave you some uh, build-up points. And I think you had four out of five. Um, but then we met off mic to kind of discuss, you know, how to go with bill how to uh, what themes he would get and we also decided that your taken theme that had to do with getting your family back was also resolved so that theme was lost and you got your last build-up point and you are going to spin that build-up point to um get rid of jesse your nemesis so kind of per- going into this montage uh, being aware of that and kind of narrating, how do you get rid of this persistent nemesis of Jesse? Um, and to everybody else, uh, the Bill that you're about to see is very different because he only has one of the themes that he had last episode. He has uh, th- or two whole new themes, and then his uh, one theme still left over, all logos, untattooed, but I won't say any more, Bill. Take us from Sal's silk shop, what happens?
3: Okay, so um, the first two days, I feel like um, I'm just like, nothing can bring me down. Like nothing matters. I don't care about anything. I'm just happy to be with them. We can't go back to the house. So I'm trying to figure out, I think I kind of have a hard conversation with my wife like immediately. And we check into a hotel, like with cash. but then you know we go out uh, disguised and go get ice cream or go to the park or go fishing and just do fun things for the first two days and um, and I think after that I have to like sit down and think about everything else about the crew, about Jesse, about um, because I still know the crew just in a different way and I still know that I killed <laughs> this person and it still haunts me. And so I'm just like thinking, I think my wife notices my thinking face, right? And she asks me what's wrong. And I think um, I reveal to her like what happened. And there's probably like crying involved in and in a breakdown. Uh, and then she helps to build me back up and reassure me. And um, let me know that there's nothing that I could do that would change her, how she feels about me and like things like that. And that's probably As as like a human being, your greatest fear is is rejection, Um, or at least Bill's greatest fear is rejection over uh, something that he regrets having done. And so I think that really helped to begin uh, to clear that up. Um, And then in that kind of moment of of clarity after that, I realized that I can't lose my family again because of how good of a thing it is uh, for me, even though that seems a little selfish. But... Uh, wanting to protect them, even for non-altruistic reasons, is good. Um, and so, coming to that realization, I realize I don't have the means to protect them. So, I start like researching and looking into like buying a gun, like seeing what uh, what I can do. Uh, so and then I realize it would probably be pretty difficult as a wanted felon to uh, go about acquiring a gun easily without having to go through the shady underworld and i don't want to get caught so i just want to use people i know so i think about getting a hold of javi uh, but i think he's he's a little bit removed um, and then i decide that i'll talk to woodard and muhammad because they seem to be able to to fight and protect themselves with their hands um and that interested me so uh and so I think that I contact them both and um, Muhammad offers to train me <laughs> uh, in his in his ways because he is familiar with the martial arts. I, I, I leave my, my wife and son with my burner phone number and we go and train and I'm pathetic and he just like wipes the floor with me. Uh, and I think that actually encourages me because it's like, Wow, the difference between a trained person and a non-trained person is huge, and so this might be a bigger boon than I thought. And my motivation is, you know, protecting myself and my family, and so I just pour myself into it, and I'm constantly trying to get better. And uh, my, I'm like overzealous at first, and just he teaches me something, and I'm trying it and messing it up and stuff. But, but um, he keeps encouraging me uh, because of how focused I am and because of how much I want. To learn. And so I think that's going to be like a continuing storyline of training to try to be better. But uh, that is the way that I've like it kind of changed my motivations. Whereas before it was, I have to find my family. I have to get my family back. I have to do this. I miss them so much too. I've been reunited. I treasure them. Like I have to keep them safe at all costs. And now, you know, I'm training my body and mind to protect my family. So I'm learning martial arts. And that's kind of, I think, will be reunited with me. And that—that's uh, how going to be my mindset.
2: Yeah, definitely. And uh, you know, Woodard and Muhammad have done so much pro bono work for down and out people of the community. Uh, and uh, more often than not, you know, they don't get paid in money, but they get paid in uh, favors, quiches, casseroles. Uh, and one person they helped uh, has this old discarded uh boxing uh gym and so Mohammed takes you to this gym uh whenever it's time for you to train and he's pacing you and taking you through some some boxing and some krav maga and some some mma kind of things that he has learned uh to defend himself as a crime fighter um so yeah you there's this scene of you and Mohammed and and uh Bill, kind of describe how you look now.
3: Um, oh, my main thing would be obviously no tattoos, right? They're just gone. They, they left with my powers. Um, I think that the answer would be just simpler. You just look simpler. Um, ironically, though time has passed, uh, I would say I would look younger. <laughs> Getting full night's sleep uh, and having less stress can do that. Uh, my wife made me get a haircut because it was shaggy and unkempt. So yeah. I would say that um, a simpler look, more clean cut, and also a little more in shape. And I've been training mm-hmm. with Muhammad. I'm gonna keep training, and he's told me that part of uh, part of training my body and mind has to do with also um, diet and and, and maintenance of, of my body. So I've been trying to really focus on that and hone myself to be um, a better craft. Practicer of martial arts I guess you could say
2: Yeah Definitely
3: um, And
1: What is that noise
2: That keeps I think it's Jaime's desk
3: Oh uh, Let me know If it happens again So I can figure that out Because if it's coming out In the recording That's mm-hmm. not
2: good Yeah And now As Jaime has described it He and his uh, Family are staying At this hotel um, And I think uh, Bill is getting back From a, a Training session With Mohammed He opens the door Uh, And we are kind of in a uh, camera, like in the parking lot of this motel. And we see Bill opening the door. We hear a shout of exclamation. We see a small form running and hugging Bill. We see a woman step around the corner. Bill kisses her on the lips and they walk inside. And the camera kind of pulls away from that scene. And we see the drizzling rain. We see puddles pulling on the ground. We see the flashing neon sign of the motel. And it pulls back a little further, and we see a black SUV sitting in the street looking at this hotel, or motel. And we see Esther and Ren and Faye sitting in the SUV watching their friend live his life. And before we get to what conversation is happening in the van, let's cut to how did you three spend this week.
1: Okay. Um, So, in seeing Bill's family reunited, Esther obviously thinks about her own family. And she realizes that's truly the most important thing. Like, as much as she cares about the team, she's kind of just let herself fall to the wayside. And seeing them reunited, she realizes, like, she wants some answers and closure because she could just see Bill was lighter. Um, And that's something that deep down she desires that she didn't even realize until this point. And so um, she has decided to not like forgo the team or anything like that, but she kind of wants to go all in with figuring some things out about her dad um, and her ring and that situation. She is kind of... She's not ready to like go and confront Lena yet because she feels like she still needs to know more because she's going to need to go in and be direct because she's not sure how much time she'll have kind of thing. Um, so she's doing some research, maybe using... Ren's computer to like just find information any news stories that maybe came out around the time that her father and Javi were and Lena were doing things with the mafia and stuff like that so mechanically I don't know what this needs to look like exactly and I'm just like and I'm not looking for like any like I'm not looking for any like crazy answers or anything like that. I'm basically just wanting to like comb through some archives of news stories and that kind of thing to kind of piece together maybe the time period I need to be looking at or like kind of see where she left the scene. I don't know. Just trying to get like more details.
2: Okay. So a... of the uh, of the montage options, this sounds like explore your mythos. Mm-hmm. You tell everyone at the table which mystery you explore and how you do it. Um, Which mystery are you exploring for your two mythos themes?
1: Um, I think I am exploring the, uh, why did he give this to me?
2: Okay. So uh, mechanically, you are going to gain one clue with a method and a source based on your description, which, you know, using Ren's uh, supercomputer. Um, And you're going to mark attention on your Al Ring theme. So you gain one attention, and you gain one clue. So, Rin, are you okay with Esther using the supercomputer? Yes. Okay, so asking a favor of the super future computer. So you follow Rin down this uh, hallway with the hexagonal patterns and the blue LED lighting in the recesses between the hexa- hexagons. Um, you enter into a room that is dark and with no corners, but there is a cone of light shining down from an unseen source. Rin leads you into the light. Uh, He wakes up the supercomputer. All these flashing, er, all these holographic screens pop up all around you, and you hear a robotic voice address you.
4: Greetings, please register your username. Esther Black. Username Esther Black registered. Well, that was easy.
2: <laughs> and what question do you have For the supercomputer
1: Like what is Lena doing now
2: mm-hmm. um, So you ask uh, A holographic screen Appears in front of your face And you see a live feed Of The corner of Rook and Bishop Street uh, It is a Kind of rundown part of the city. There's newspaper in the gutters, trash everywhere else. Uh, The rain is drizzling as it always is. And you see a middle-aged woman, about the age your father would be if he was still alive, and in fact the age that Javi is. And you see this woman walking down the street in uh, unassuming clothes. Um, Jeans, a, uh, a shirt, uh, with kind of a, a shawl Kind of thrown around her head And you see her tapping on the uh, Walkway with a cane As she is making her way down The street
1: Okay, what is this woman's age?
2: She's about The age your father would have been, so middle age
1: And by middle age We're saying Cause she, cause you're describing her Like an old lady
2: Because she's using a cane? Yes As you And she has
1: a shawl thrown around her.
2: Yeah. Uh, She has a shawl thrown around her. And uh, as you're watching, you see her tapping her cane. And it's not as an old person supporting themselves with a cane. It is as a blind person walking down the street. Um, But you see this woman uh, walking down the street, tapping on the cement with her cane. And then you... Almost coming from the same point as the camera, you see a flutter of wings, and you see an owl swoop down through the rain, and this woman, blind as she is, with the muffled sound of the rain around her, holds out her arm. The owl alights on it, and you see Lena reach up and take something from the owl, and then the owl flaps its wings once and soars out of view, and Lena walks a few more steps and then up some stone steps to an old building on the corner she pulls some keys out of her pocket unlocks the door and then walks inside and closes the door and you see a little plaque on the side of the building that reads public library rook and bishop street
1: and i know, it, do i know if it was like a piece of paper from the owl
2: or a box or you could not quite tell what it was. End of episode. end of that. <laughs> okay. And then, uh, as that screen closes, you hear the robotic voice.
4: User Esther Black. User Ren Pascal has a mission to save the city. Will you assist him in his mission to save the city?
1: What would it entail?
2: A holographic screen pops up with oh. the face of Deja.
4: This user, Dejadella Lacroix, is a virus whose existence threatens the time data stream. Her actions will bring about a calamitous future and the end of the city as you know it. User, Esther Black, will you assist user, Ren Pascal in deleting this virus?
1: I will assist Ren in saving the city.
4: Input registered.
2: All the holographic screens go dark. And I think as they go dark, we cut to another person. Rin or Faye?
0: Okay. Um, so Carrie, Esther was obviously spending a lot of time in there with the supercomputer. Did you stay kind of in and out of there, or like in and out of the warehouse?
1: Uh, yeah, I assume the warehouse is kind of our base at this point. Okay.
0: Cool. Um... Hey, Ren, um, do you mind if I kind of take over, um, the part of the top of the warehouse floor, not the supercomputer area, and, like, set up, I, I need to put out all of my index cards and stuff, do you mind?
5: Well, I could create some boards for you.
0: Sure, that'd be great. Perfect. Um, okay, well, I'm gonna just, if you don't mind, just take it over.
5: Yeah, go for it. I mean, it's it's blank. So, I mean, there's nothing in the warehouse than the supercomputer and probably needs a little bit of liveliness.
0: Okay, thanks. Faye is going go to go into the warehouse and you... It's still kind of dark and dusty. You see the lights coming in from the like top windows that we discussed. And she has got a map of the city spread out in front of her. She's got her children's stories book open to the Pied Piper page. Um, she's got notes she's taken. She's got a stack of letters that she wrote to Woodard before she met him um, with, like, everything that had been happening. She's got those spread out, and she's compiling all this information, and then she's using the boards that Ren put together to write down. And she's kind of in this, like... Uh, manic isn't the right word, but focused state, and if you kind of look at it as a time lapse, you see, like, the days turn into nights, and she's still awake, and Woodard brings her tea at times to keep her awake, and she falls asleep on the papers and wakes back up, and will watch, like, Esther and Ren come in and out, um, and they may contribute at times. Um, but, so she's writing down, like, okay, Pip, Pied Piper uh Pied Piper did things for revenge um and led people to water uh okay they're not in the sewers anymore Cooper Wheatley uh Deacon wait no Linda was trying to get rid of the mom why okay the drugs do the kids fit into the drugs do they help spread the drugs where did and so she's writing all this out constantly talking to herself um and she calls Woodard and has him on speaker uh hey Woodard
2: Uh, yes, Faye, uh, what's, what's going on?
0: Um, do you have any updates on Cooper Wheatley? Uh,
2: yeah, yeah, yes, we do, um... Before I go any further, uh, Tessa, which of these options are you doing?
0: I am doing work the case, and so I am wanting three clues. Mm
2: -hmm. One clue is what is Cooper Wheatley up to? Yes. Okay, yeah, uh, that works. Um, well, we've been following him, and, I mean, he, he goes to work, he goes to a gym, he goes to a bar, and then he goes home. I mean, nothing too out of the ordinary, really.
0: It's the same gym and bar?
2: Mm, yes.
0: Is he there for any, like, long amount of time that would be unusual for an amount of time to be at either place?
2: Well, not really. I sent Mohammed in to look at him while he was at the gym, and I mean, he was working out.
0: Okay, so he wasn't... He's not using it as a front.
2: Not that we can tell.
0: Anything else you've noticed? Any anything weird, unusual, or different about him? Have you seen him transform?
2: No, we we haven't seen him transform. He seems quite fixated on his his new job at City Hall. I know uh in the past he you know, had some some nefarious dealings and things like that especially in regards to the mafia, but uh, I I don't know. It, it it seems that that is behind him now. Hmm.
0: All right, thank you. Um I've I've got to get back to work. Um
2: Okay, uh Mushu or orange chicken?
0: Um uh, orange chicken.
2: Sounds great. I'll bring you by later.
0: Okay, love you. Bye.
2: Okay, bye.
0: Um, okay, and then the other two clues, I'm curious if you're willing to, to mm-hmm. do this, but can do these clues work kind of like investigate where I can ask you to give?
2: Yes, yeah, so there is an optional rule with clues, and we haven't really ever used it. Um, in the past, I said that um, like I could give you a clue or something like that, mm-hmm. uh, but that's not really how it works. But a reverse clue is you spend a clue to introduce a object or something like that. So like, for example, uh, you're investigating somebody and you use one of your clues to say they left behind a matchbox that has a clue on it. And I say, interesting, the matchbox has the logo of a nearby jazz club that you know is kind of seedy in its dealings. And that would be kind of like what a reverse clue is so you can either spin clues to ask me questions about the scene uh, or you can use reverse clues to introduce something that I then tie into the investigation or you bank your clues until you know later and you're like ah yes I know this thing about this thing and I ask my question now
0: okay I want to introduce I want to use one of my clues to introduce that somehow some way I still have something of the rat pack whether that be like um a note or like a Rubik's Cube or like a journal or something of theirs.
2: So something that those three kids that were in the apartment next year, something that they left behind? Yes. Okay. And uh what would the what would the point of that be?
0: So I want to be flipping if it's a journal like flipping through it or re looking at something like that and see something I hadn't seen before or it spark something I hadn't thought of before.
2: Yeah, okay. So you have, uh, as you're kind of like throwing all your uh, note cards out and things like that, um, you are reaching into your pockets, pulling out different things, and you pull out a, like a rewards card for a burger joint. Mm -hmm. Um, It had a few punches in it. This belonged to X-Man, and it was this joint that he said that the Rat Pack would go eat at. Um, like they were, they would always go there. They would always eat there. Still kept it after, you know, the spell over him was broken. Um, but you have that clue. Ah, yes. Big belly burger.
0: Okay. And so Faye is gonna, that's gonna come to her. She's gonna look at the map and circle that. I assume that card has like which big belly burger it is. So she's gonna circle that one on the map. For the third clue, does she see anything near the map or near Big Belly Burger on the map that would like, you know, in the past there's been sewers. Is there a river nearby? Is there a specific park nearby?
2: Definitely. You can very easily pick out different sewer access points around this uh, Big Belly Burger. Um, As you're like kind of triangulating the positions and using what you remember you kind of track where y'all entered the sewers so, so long ago, and you kind of track yourself and the nexus that they are all in, um, where they had Wonderland. Yes, Wonderland was the name of it, is in that area. It's not like it's right beneath Belly Burger, Big Belly Burger, but it is like, like Big Bell Big Belly Burger touches the corner of it or something like that.
0: Yeah. Okay. Cool. Um, okay, so you see Faye working out all of this. Um, and internally, Faye is... Though she has a very comfortable home that also has all of this, she's chosen to be at the warehouse so that she's still around the crew. She's trying to kind of calm down and be part of the team again. Um, but she's still feeling this sense of urgency and... We've got to be moving quicker and saving these kids. And she hasn't addressed the kids in a while. Um, And so it's still this, like, uncomfortableness of, you know, however Ren and Esther feel. But as they're walking in and out of the warehouse, like, Faye is fully immersed um, and may wave to them. And Woodard is dropping off food, but they're not spending time together. She's trying to be part of the team, but is so focused. Mm -hmm.
2: Good. I like it. And uh, as Woodard is walking in and setting down your orange chicken in front of you, the orange chicken container is in front of the camera and the camera pulls away from the container to reveal so, so many to-go boxes of Chinese food. And sitting in the middle of them is Rin. Uh, Rin, uh, what have you done for this past week? So this past week, um...
5: You see him like tinkering with his uh, several tools in front of him and he's just got computer or laptop parts like laid out across the floor and he like touches like some of the parts of his laptop and they like shine bright and it's kind of like this like spiderweb effect um and it connects to all parts of the laptop and then that's where you it's almost like for ren it's almost like breathing at this point it's just like it feels so natural as he's like moving and putting the laptop together um you kind of see him like put the final pieces in and he's he's like you know what instead of having the boring keyboard that i did last time i think this time let's do something different and so you see him like put in this like new keyboard that's like kind of allows the blue glow to like shine brighter you like see him take a side route of exhaustion but at the same time relief that he's like finally finished um and he clicks the power button and it kind of like whirs together and you see this blight
2: bright blue glow from the screen and okay the computer turns on sweet so you make yourself a uh, nice pimped out new laptop and if I'm correct, I think you are preparing for your next activity and recovering your burnt power tags.
5: Yes, that's that's what I was doing. Okay. I was, um, yeah, recovering from my last activity. Or right, I mean, preparing so, for the next activity
2: or whatever. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, yeah. It is it is weird that preparing for your next activity is recovering the burnt power tags that you burnt previously. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't, I don't get it. But anyways. You unburn your high-tech laptop, and now you got a new one. Uh, As the blue light of the keyboards is glowing, uh, the camera goes into that blue light, and it's pulling away from the blue light of a car radio. And we see Esther's hand reach over quickly and tap the power button to turn whatever music uh, Ren had used his uh, technokinesis to put on. Um, But we transition to the car, or the SUV rather, with... Esther, Faye, and Wren sitting in the SUV, the rain drizzling all around them, and Bill with Sheila and Billy in the motel across the street. It has been a week. You have done your own separate investigations. How much interaction you have had during that week is up to you. But Bill has uh, been spending time with his family, which of course, you know, you want to allow him to do, but there's still a great mission that you'll need to accomplish. What conversation is happening in the SUV? So, guys,
5: um, how are we gonna. I know that we've been watching Bill for a little bit, and there's like all this chaos going on in the world, in the city. Are we gonna be able to get back to that? Bill's not. Well, he's not Bill anymore.
1: You mean, are we gonna be able to bring him back in to be a part of the team?
5: Yeah, I guess... I guess that's kind of what I was thinking, is... Are we gonna... Well... I don't know. He's not like us anymore. I don't know how to phrase it, but he's just... He's like... Like, I don't know. A normal citizen of the city?
1: Right. He still knows things. Um... I mean, he's still part of the team. What his role is now is the question.
0: So... I mean, do we know if he knows? I mean, obviously he knows who we are in the person sense, but does he know who we are? Um,
1: well, we can either ask him or we can ask Mohammed, because we know, if we've been watching him, we know he's been training with Mohammed.
0: This comes as a slight shock to Faye, because she had not paid attention to Woodard all week. (laughs) He's, he's, I knew that, Mm -hmm. (laughs) mm-hmm, You've been a little um, tuned
1: into other things, which is fine, but yes, he's been training with
5: Muhammad. Wait, he's been training with Muhammad? What does that mean?
1: Well, you know, like when you go to a gym and you work out (laughs) and you have somebody that helps you work out, it's like that.
5: I didn't realize people did that at a gym.
1: I mean, you don't go to a gym.
5: I thought they just lift weights and groaned and made weird noises.
1: Okay. That's <laughs> not the kind of gym that I go to. Um,
5: and drop uh, heavy weights. Oh my gosh. <laughs> uh, <laughs>
0: um, okay, so I know we're trying to be very respectful of his time with his family and not traumatize him, I assume, or his child. Um, do we... Do we reach out? Do we tell him to come back? Psst, Bill. <laughs> come on back now, bro. <laughs> You've had a week. <laughs> okay, now that you're reunited you with your family. You had a
3: week of vacation with your family. Yeah, that's what I was thinking, vacation. Time's
5: up! <laughs>
3: <laughs> Time's up. Uh, I need a quarantine for another two weeks. <laughs>
5: right,
1: yeah, we've got to give him two weeks. Um... His family saw us at Sal's Silk Shop, right? So, we I mean, they know us, but they don't know us.
3: So, if it would help with y'all's decision-making, Bill is thoroughly enjoying his time with his family, but <laughs> Bill is also aware that he is still wanted, and he would be enjoying his time with his family much more if he weren't wanted and they didn't have to stay in a motel and things could return to normal. So, I think I think it would be appropriate for y'all to come talk to me and kind of help me to like get back on trap for those kinds of reasons.
1: I was just trying to decide if we needed to talk to you as like a pizza delivery person <laughs> or if I could just come knock on your door <laughs> as Esther. Hmm. Uh, we have, I have an idea. Okay, um, She's going to deliver English pizza. <laughs> <laughs>
5: it's all yeah. covered in pineapples. No! Um, There's an extra pineapple and extra sauce. No cheese. Oh, no
0: okay 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 moving on um so we're all sitting in the suv discussing it and Faye opens up the group text message and um because of her time in office she got very good at writing um very politically correct emails and so she sends in the text hi bill Just bumping this to the top of your inbox. Would love to hear from you. Thanks, the crew.
2: And the camera transitions inside the motel. Uh, Bill, what are you
3: doing when you get this text? I am squatting in horse stance and trying to concentrate on a central point on the wall to walk forward to and away from like Woodard told me I needed to for balance reasons Mm -hmm. and then I hear I guess Mm -hmm. and I like look over but then I just look back at the wall and keep going because it's a training session man I can't just let uh, outer things distract me Mm -hmm. and
2: I think Billy is uh, jumping up and down on one of the beds saying dad can we have ice cream before bed again (laughs) tonight
3: and I was just going to say, hold on, Billy. Not not right at this moment. At this point, Ren sends a gif of a
5: sad puppy dog.
3: <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. So I just, is it like?
5: <laughs> yeah, like, like literally every 30 seconds, there's like a gif of something. There's like a minion, <laughs> And there's like the sad dog. And then there's like the cat where it's just like pawing <laughs> in the air. And all right please
1: note that in real life this is how we get a hold of Jaime. <laughs>
3: <laughs> it's true i i uh i do the tropey thing where i just like see it keep happening and try to like just keep staring at the wall and ignore it and like close my eyes and like breathe <sighs> and then it's like mm-hmm. vroom, 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 vroom. and mm-hmm. billy's like mm-hmm. eh. like jumping <laughs> and then like I uh, hear something like cabinets closing in the background, I, like my wife, like d- doing stuff. And I'm like, okay, okay, <laughs> all right. Uh, Billy, go eat as much ice cream as you want. Let's, Whee! um, okay. And then I like open my phone. I'm like, what in the world? Mm, what mm. is. St- stop. Stop sending this. <laughs>
0: mm, mm,
3: stop. <laughs> And I just, like, turn my phone off, and I walk outside. And I say, I'll be right back. And I walk outside, and I point at my phone, and I say, stop. (laughs) He's
5: still sending gifts.
3: (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) I walk up to the SUV. Do you roll the window down?
5: Yeah, I, I, I roll the window fully down.
3: What do you want? I'm training. I'm trying to... I'm trying to concentrate, and can't do that with the million cartoon faces.
5: We've missed you. We would like to talk.
3: Okay. Like, here? Right now?
5: I mean, you can get in the SUV if you like. We can drive around, see the
3: stars, get some ice
5: cream.
3: All right, let me go tell the family real quick. So I just run back inside. Don't know if I'll be right back. Go out and get in the SUV.
2: Hello friends, and welcome to episode 71 of Misconceptions. I'm your host, David White. And did I just say episode 71? Golly, we have been making this show for a while. We've been making this show for a hot second, and we thank you for sticking with us through it. And just a little bit of housekeeping before we get back to the show. As you know, we do have a Patreon, and this show is fully funded by our Patreon. Uh, And recently, we had a $400 a month goal that would allow us to pay our performers but one of our top tier patrons de-pledged, leaving us way below our $400 a month goal. Thankfully, we have gotten a little bit closer to our $400 month goal, but if you like this show and you do not currently support us, please go ahead, go over to our Patreon, click the link in the show notes below, and pledge whatever amount you can so that we can get back to that $400 a month goal and so we can afford to pay our performers for the awesome job. Job they do on this show. I highly suggest the $5 a month goal because you know, it's affordable, it's not going to break the bank, and it's going to get you access to an extra show that is just for our patrons, our Misconceptions side quests. Of course, you also get access to all this uncut audio, the raw recordings from our sessions. But, you know, the the side quest is pretty sweet. It has me and, uh, you know, any other combination of people playing other games besides City of Mist, besides D&D. We have a rotation of GMs and players. Uh, it's a lot of fun. And our most recent side quest episode features fear itself. The RPG created by Pale Grain Press. So, if you are a horror aficionado, you might want to check that out. And, well, you know what? How about I just show you a clip from our most recent episode of that side quest?
0: As you you're looking at this, thinking about it, you blink, and uh, as you do, it disappears, and then. The way the light is reflecting, this horrible lighting in this office is reflecting off of it, suddenly that figure that was small and in the photo is not so small. He's in fact right behind you. He has the exact same expression he did in the photo, except... But then it turns into a grin. And this all happens in the matter of seconds. It all happens so quick that you barely able to register it. What do you do?
2: Uh, I drop the painting... <laughs> And I swing around and take a swing at this guy <laughs> just just reflexively.
0: Oh no <laughs> you swing and hit nothing. there's nothing behind you.
2: Did anyone else see anything?
0: No, you just see you, you just see Ashton swinging on nothing. <laughs> <laughs>
2: If you want to hear more of the Fear Itself side quest and all of our other side quests that have been released and will be released, why don't you go ahead, click the link below, give at least $5 on our Patreon, and you will be able to listen to that amazing show. And speaking of amazing and our Patreon, how about I give a shout out to our amazing patrons. First up, Sam Scott. Sam Scott, I think I've said your name before. In fact, I know I have. Sam, thank you for increasing the level of your pledge to help us get back to that four hundred dollar a month goal. We really, really appreciate it, and we hope that you appreciate your new access to our after hours and side quest shows. And I also want to give a shout out to Ryan Bruin. Ryan, I hope that I'm saying your last name right. Uh Bruin Bruin. Bruin? You know what? It's probably Bruin, isn't it? Ryan Bruin? That sounds right. That sounds like a normal name. I don't know why I always try to make people's names so exotic. I'm like that Key and Peele skit with the substitute teacher in the inner city school. But anyways, Ryan Bruin, thank you so much for your $10 a month. You know, now I'm wondering, is it Bruin? Is it Bruin? I don't know, Ryan. I'll just call you Ryan. Ryan, thank you so much for giving to us, and I'm sorry if I butchered your name. And I know I haven't said this in a while, but if you listen to us on iTunes please consider leaving a rating and review on iTunes. It really helps us out. It shows people uh, up front how others like the show and what they like about it. And it is also a nice little mood booster for me to go on iTunes and see new reviews from new people who like our show. So if you would like to help us out in a non-monetary way, consider leaving us a rating and review on iTunes. And if you do that... And if you screenshot or copy your review and send it to us at our email, misconceptionspod at gmail.com, with your address, you will receive a free Misconception sticker. So if you would like a Misconception sticker to slap on your laptop, your book, your face, leave us a rating and review on iTunes, copy it, put it in that email, and send it our way, and we will send that your way. And that's it for the housekeeping, let's get back to the episode! So Bill's in the car. You're all together for the first time in a week.
0: I think there is an awkward silence <laughs>
2: for
3: yeah. a good bit. Insert cricket sound. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: Where am I driving?
5: Well, we need to get ice cream first. I'm starving.
3: I don't really feel ice cream. I've had too much <laughs> in the past week. <laughs> <laughs> and so what's, what's going on? Um any leads in taking down this corrupt government this weird shadow organization uh we figured out what's what's going on
0: what do you um what do you remember about us
3: I remember everything I don't know what you're talking about we are a group of friends who got framed and were trying to Solve who did it and um, got involved with the mafia and uh, some shady Illuminati like people. That's a very odd question.
0: What do you remember about um, the island that you lived on for a time? Fake glances at Esther.
3: Kind of an odd society of mute people, you know. They're very expressive. Um, I never got around to learning sign language, but... They were, uh... They were a nice bunch.
5: What do these people look like to you, Bill? People? They didn't look like anything you've seen from, like, sci-fi shows. Kind of... I don't know. Like an additive like, monstrous. Or strange-looking.
3: You know, Ren. Just because the girls don't suit your fancy doesn't mean they're monsters.
5: <laughs> I am offended,
3: but I'm going to move on from that comment. <laughs> I mean, they're just pe- they're people, different.
0: Okay. Um. And she sits there, frustrated and staring, frustrated and staring at Bill. okay
3: can, can I describe to them and to the listeners what Bill? memories have become of the crew. Yeah, go ahead. Because of this distortion. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) So, we'll start with Faye. Uh, Bill's recollection are that Faye is a little bit odd and maybe has imaginary plant friends. um, But is really good at gardening and is constantly like like almost like a um, how do you say like a giddy like mad like not witch because that's the wrong way to describe it but like you're always like experimenting with your plants um herbologist botanist yeah yeah like a herbologist or botanist sorry because i was just thinking of like potions and stuff. so like always like doing interesting creative things And so sometimes when we've won in fights and you've, like, used, like, spores or something, I would picture you, like, throwing down a bottle and something exploding. And I also think that you're, like, really proficient with whips to, like, wrap around people's legs and pull them and stuff. So you're this, like, weird combination of some (laughs) Western, like, badass herbologist crazy plant lady. Your Indiana Jones meets the uh, the botanist from Harry Potter. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So that that's been my recollection. So that's why I'm just like, I just go along with it. That's what I do. And then uh, Rin is a, an IT specialist and guru and cosplay extraordinaire. Uh, So I've thought that it's odd that he likes solving crimes in his um, cosplay attire of a cyborg. Uh, But he's really into it, and I don't want to break, you know, I don't want to break that for him. So I just want to, yes, you're a cyborg, super cool, glowing brain Uh, to me, though. So like for him, it's obviously actually implanted in his skull. For me, though, it looks like you can see like the outline of where it's like setting on top of his head. (laughs) Um, And that's how I, like, (laughs) reconciled. He's like a tech wizard, so he set up these cool LEDs and stuff, and I'm like, yeah, it's really cool. It's really nice. But he still would be able to do most of the stuff that he does in, like, the real world, so... And then, I mean, Esther doesn't really look too different for me because... besides the new like winged Artemis thing. And I don't know how I would be able to reconcile that besides maybe just like blocking it out. Like it just didn't happen.
5: Mm-hmm. What if what if she's like hang gliding or or not hang gliding? I,
3: I did think about that. Like the, like has like a little paraglider. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
5: paraglider. That's that's the
3: yeah. thing. So those are those are <laughs> yeah. uh my my representation. So I guess for, for Esther's like latest transformation, it would be that she worked with, like, Rin and Faye to to have this um, armor and jetpack kind of thing going on. Yeah. But before, Esther is just a normal person with a gun. Mm-hmm.
1: That you didn't want to an attitude.
3: With. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
5: Feels she's
3: like- here to chew bubble gum and kick butt, and she's all out of bubble gum.
5: <laughs> Feels like you're just Friends with like the loser crew, all the weirdos. <laughs> <Because laughs>
3: well, think breakfast. about it.
5: <laughs> right. like, think
3: about it. Your loony friends. <laughs> you're not. You're not like. Otherwise, you're these super awesome, super power having people. But if I don't believe yeah. that that's true, mm-hmm. and I can't see it, then <laughs> how do I reconcile that? No,
5: yeah. no, no. I mean, and so the mist so makes true. you
3: look like it. <laughs>
5: <laughs> We're just all these weirdos that you're friends with.
1: So what keeps you with us at this
2: point?
3: I'm a weirdo, too. I mean, I'm not this tattoo-wielding cool guy. I'm just like this run-of-the-mill guy who needed help getting his family back and who got tangled up and uh, found some like-minded individuals who liked investigating. So that's what brought us together, I think. Um, Yeah. And then hardships kept us and grew us closer.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So as y'all are all sitting in this car together, what do y'all do?
1: Hey, Bill, do you do you remember using a fancy computer recently? Yes. Do you remember anything about the computer having a mission for Ren?
3: Uh, yeah, I may have clicked on that file. I
5: mean, you didn't necessarily click on it. The, well... Just, <laughs> I mean, like you, you just like here like mumbling to himself. Like, I was gonna say, are
3: you saying this out loud? Yeah, he's
5: he's saying this out loud, but he's like talking to himself Lowly, and he's like, well, I mean, she's like super smart and like an AI, so. Yeah. So
1: what are your thoughts on that, Bill? What are you, what do you think that means?
3: I was just really concentrated on getting my family back.
1: I did some research on the computer, too, and the computer also, I also got information about Wren's mission, and it, it seems like we may, uh, we may be locked into working together on that
3: now. Hmm. Yeah. Kind of, that person doesn't seem that harmful. Yeah. But we've thought that about other people, I guess, so...
1: Does Faye have any questions at this point about... Because now Esther's mentioning that she had the same thing mentioned to her.
0: Um, I think because Faye was in the warehouse, it's not shocking to her Mm -hmm. that you would know, like, have it mentioned to you as well because she Mm -hmm. knew you went down to the supercomputer. Mm -hmm. Um, But just to narratively throw something in. um, I don't love the idea of killing anyone, and we've certainly all had to kill people we didn't want to. or well, maybe not all. Anyways, um, but it seems like this is something that is the only way.
1: It's the only, like, clear information we have about something that's gonna affect the future. Yes. But, how do we know that... How do we know that she's truly going to affect the future or the supercomputer has a particular future that it wants to reach and that means killing her? Right. Like, what? How trustworthy is this
2: computer, Rin?
5: Well, I mean, it is a computer from the future. Do I hear that? <laughs> mm-hmm. I
2: mean, you hear him say that, but you're like, I mean that that's that's a little bit of bragging, Ren. I don't know if I would say it's a future computer. It's a nice (laughs) computer. It's not a magic computer. It is a computer
5: from the future and I mean I would assume that the goal is the least amount of harm for the entire world.
3: Uh, quickly just David, for for my uh, for your understanding. Is Ren saying something like it's a computer from the future, and just like blatantly uh, speaking about kind of mythos-related stuff? Does that begin to crack my uh, view of things, or does the mist muffle it out and make me hear something different?
2: I think the the mist muffles it out as long as you deny that there's anything past the mist. So as long as Bill is denying the mythical nature of the city, the mist will blur it out. Or, um, you know, whenever Bill takes active action to act in a mythical way or like to not to combat a mythical force because you're going to fight things that are mythical but maybe you just see their expression as mundane and collateral damage instead of like a fire blast coming out of their mouth or something like that. So whenever bill takes action to pursue the mist to see past the mist or acknowledges that maybe the city is not what it seems that is when the mist starts to fade away from your vision so him saying i have a future computer you can either say bill acknowledges that and it starts to chip away at his mist uh his mist obliviousness or you can say not really a future computer just a nice computer and continue to deny the mist
3: i think for now denying makes sense okay and i want to add into the conversation um one thing i did notice about the way the file read which was a little odd it said an end to the city as we know it so like that's i don't want to say ambiguous but it's an odd way to phrase things it didn't say the city will be destroyed uh, said an end to the city as we know it so we're going to have, like, new government, uh, or... Right. I don't know. And
0: do we... I mean, it's not like we like the city as we know it. Right. Yeah. Like, is this a bad future, necessarily?
1: Right. Or a future that just the supercomputer doesn't like. Right. Or is the supercomputer seeking a certain future, and that future
0: means that Asia dies? Yes.
5: Well, I mean feel like the supercomputer maybe is trying to do the best future. Maybe, maybe, I don't know, maybe Deja gets involved with the Mafia or is involved with Pip Hamill or I don't know. It doesn't really make any sense to me. I just I figured if the supercomputer gave me these cybernetic enhancements that surely it was for something for the, for the greater good, I guess. I guess it just doesn't I guess it just it doesn't make sense to me if a supercomputer can be evil i figured that they're so smart that they're and the way that they work that they're just trying to benefit society as a whole you
0: can a computer morals. Wow. cue apocalypse
5: movies with robots <laughs>
3: yeah the whole thing is that they don't have empathy normally yeah. So, what is, it, what is that called? The greatest good for the greatest number of people?
5: Mm, it's a philosophical thing that I cannot recall.
3: U- utilitarianism? Yes. Something.
5: I think it's utilitarianism.
0: Oh, so, we've got to wrap up this episode. Uh, <laughs> oh,
5: yeah.
0: <laughs> mainly because I'm starving. Uh, okay, so either we need to go investigate Deja. I have another thread that I'd love to... Um, work on about the kids um, or we need to go kill her.
3: I think um, investigating Deja makes the most sense to me just because uh, I don't know that I'm okay with killing people anymore. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, and I don't I don't want to kill without answers.
0: Agreed. Just thought I'd throw it in. Yeah, yeah.
5: Um, and I kind of like her I don't really ooh. want to kill her just yet <laughs> just yet <laughs> yeah
0: your first crush Linda did did turn out to be pretty bad and maybe the fact that Ren has a crush on her
5: <laughs> well it is a
0: sign I, d-
5: I, d- I don't want to think that all the people that I've crushed ooh. on turn out to be evil geniuses and try to, try to destroy the city I'd like, to, I'd like to say that Linda was a, a fluke
0: you're right, Lynn. Red. <laughs>
5: oh, <laughs> nice. oh
2: dang! And uh, so as y'all are driving off into the uh, into the night. Into the
5: unknown.
1: I'm sorry you walked into it.
2: End of episode. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Misconceptions. We'll be back with our next episode on August third. If you have a Facebook or a Twitter, you can find us on both of those social media platforms. You can give us a like or a follow to get up-to-date information, behind-the-scenes pictures and videos, and funny gifts from us who love you. You can also contact us at misconceptionspod at gmail.com if you would like to contact us that way. And you may also join our Discord to talk to myself and the rest of the crew directly. All you need to do is click the link in the show notes below. This show is wholly supported by the generous monthly donations of our patrons on Patreon. If you would like to join that elite group of backers to support us financially, please click on the link below. City of Mist is an RPG created by Son of Oak. You can find more of their products at sonofoak.com. The Misconceptions theme music is composed by Aaron Wharton. You can find more of his music at aaronwharton.net. And that is it for this week's episode of Misconceptions. I hope y'all had a fun time. Wash your hands, wear a mask, and keep it nerdy, y'all.